Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. back for another casual conversation with the classic guys and we got another very special guest another local another vancouver i don't know we don't have like a name for vancouver people but another the wrestle course very home promoter cobra kai professional wrestler as well what's going on how are you hello uh you know just living my best life brother <laughs> getting ready for christmas a very cobra kai christmas that's like a that's, that's like, right. uh, i can't really mess me up yeah it's a cobra kai christmas over here that sounds like, a, that sounds like a movie or something a cobra kai christmas <laughs> yeah you can catch it on the slice network yeah basically basically <laughs> so what is going on i'm glad to have you on the show we've talked a ton on the air off the air i mean and finally yes. have you on here i've been trying to do my duty and make sure I showcase the professional wrestling that's happening here in Vancouver as of late. Um, obviously, went through a little rough patch during the pandemic, but we're back. Yes. And, um, you know, we're, wrestling is booming in Vancouver right now. There's a Dude. lot going on. Um, but before we get there, how about a little background on yourself? Who is Cobra Guy? A little history on your wrestling career. Well, this, this little guy here? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been wrestling, I, I think, like over 20 years now. Um, and I fell into it sort of the same way anyone falls in anything. You know, you love a thing when you're a kid and you meet somebody who does it. You know, I could have been a comedian or a guitar player or an accountant if I would met one of them. Yeah. But my older brother, who was also a pro wrestler named Sin Bodhi, who used to wrestle with Kazarni, uh, his best friend. Wait, that's your older brother? That's my shoot legitimate older brother. Oh, wow. You know, when I was looking, I was looking you up way back when. And I remember, I don't know why this specific memory is in my brain. Mm-hmm. But I was reading like a list of your matches, and it was like you and Marty Janetti versus someone in Sin Bodhi. I'm like, yes. oh, that's crazy. He wrestled Kazardi. Of course, you also tagged with Marty Janetti, but I'm like, oh, you wrestled Kazardi. I didn't realize that's your brother. That's insane. Yeah, so, well, actually, me and uh, so me and Sin Bodhi have known each other, yeah. well, you know, about 40, 40 years or something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Marty and I used to be on the road together. Uh, Pat Sanaka took me under his wing. Oh, so wow. we had the chance to wrestle together. We just thought it was hilarious. But I apologize, my my kid's little baby monitor going off. That's okay. And I don't know how to turn the volume off because my wife's gonna come take this away from me so she can turn the volume off. Sweet, there we go. But that's crazy. I had that, look at that bombshell dropping right at the beginning. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it gets it gets better. Okay. Again, growing up, his two best friends turned into Christian and Edge. You know, Adam Copeland, Jay Riso. 
Oh, so wow. I was like, the annoying little younger brother who would like tag along and they'd be like, get out of here, kid. You want to see a dead yeah. body or what? And um, so obviously they went on to be exactly who they are. And a few years later, I, I wanted to get trained. I wanted yeah. to learn how to wrestle. And I got, I got like fight clubbed everywhere. The first place I went to, obviously, was Ron Hutchison, who, who did wind up having a huge hand in, in helping me out and training me down the road. But I got, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too young, you're too old. Get out of here. And I went to about like eight or nine, just under 10 different schools all in Southern Ontario. And they all said the same thing to me. Yeah. So I met the guy who did show me my first few bumps. Uh, very How old were you when you started? Like early 20s or 21, 22. And they said you're too old? Well, that's, that's the thing. I got like every excuse in the book, but it was just an excuse. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time, but at the time it was like an etiquette thing. So my, my older brother, brother come first. And, you know, I, I didn't have his blessing, you know, I didn't even oh. ask for it. Like, I, I, you know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. If I had known that. Did he not want you to wrestle? I think like an older brother always is like, get out of here. I, you know, go do your own thing to the younger yeah. brother. And I was the annoying younger brother, but very quickly on. Uh, into the whole thing. Like I said, probably within the first year of me actually wrestling live, we became super tight and he's been so supportive and had a huge, huge hand, not only in like how I think about wrestling and, and things yeah. I do in the ring, but just in life in general, you know, he's my older brother. He's awesome. No, so, that's, that's crazy. You know, like, I, I don't know the situation we're going to get into, but I do remember being a kid and seeing those Kazarni promos. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. <laughs> I think, like, I think like, what you wanted to do is cool. But yeah. One of the resounding kind of issues that a WWE has is is they they have a hard time thinking of new stuff on their own. You know what I mean? And they, yeah, they want to create the idea and not have someone come in there with an idea themselves. Like especially in that old regime of like yeah. they want to be the the creator of the idea, or you have to make them believe that they came up with the idea for them to use it, exactly. rather than you going in there with an idea. And like, I mean, one of the greatest, most recent examples is the whole. Like we're not going to get deep into it, but I would consider maybe the Bray Wyatt saga. You get someone who's very creative, mm-hmm. who is very, you know, obviously, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inside the box, he's not. Inside, yeah, but no, but he was very like um, involved in his creative. Like he yes. he had opinions and he was passionate about it, which a lot of people were surprised when he got released. And you'd have to assume that played a big role in it. That he was very passionate about his creative decisions and in touch with it, and this should be like this, and probably getting in arguments with them about what they're doing. And I think sometimes that was must have been hard for the old regime. I'm, I've read enough wrestling autobiographies to hear about it. I've listened to enough podcasts, and that seemed to be a thing. So I could totally see him probably going out with this great idea, but it wasn't their idea. So they're like, you know, and, and the funny thing about that now, and this will kind of tie into like WrestleCore and the sort of yeah. philosophy there later. But every money guy. Every main event wrestler, guy, girl, whatever. I just say guy, like in the universal sense of a person. Um, they were themselves. Yeah. You know, Stunning Steve Austin wasn't a main event guy when he became Stone Cold Steve because that's more him. You know what I yeah. mean? And, you know, um, you know, Rock by the or whatever, you know, he, until he became The Rock, he wasn't that big league guy. You know, like everyone became themselves. Whenever they had a WWE writer thrust something upon them, yeah. name one gimmick. Name one thing those writers ever did. I mean, one gimmick that went to the top. No, it was always the wrestler coming out of their shell and being and being like an exaggerated version of themselves. And I always think if you even go further back and you look at like the OG wrestling, I'm like, and I talked about this. I talk about this quite frequently on the TWC show and stuff. I'm like, it's so like I love the independence today and I love going to the shows, but I'm like, man, some of the stuff that I find is missing is that a lot of people are great performers in the ring, but not a lot of them talk to find themselves. And I'm like, if you look back in the old days, in the territory days before 
the WWF boom, a lot of the guys that came in, whether it was Jake the Snake or the Macho Man Randy Savage or Dusty Rhodes, they already discovered themselves on the territories. Yes. Like Macho Man was already doing the Macho Man and his dad's promotion in Memphis before he came to the WWF. They just like made it bigger and put it on a more global scale. Like Hogan was already doing Hulkamania in the AWA, but not many people know that, but he brought that over to, you know what I mean? So it's like they were harnessing those skills prior to making it to the big time. And I think as time went on and as the creative teams got bigger and as we brought in writers and they, you know, they needed to actually be doing work. So they had to have some sort of power and like, they just got a whole, a whole different beast. But now we're in a position today, I feel like we're, Everybody's learning. Everyone's more athletic. They're learning how to wrestle. They know how to do all the cool spots and everything. But not a lot of them, if they got signed today to the WWE, would probably be super comfortable cutting a promo. Oh, 100%. You know, people think, oh, I'm going to learn how to wrestle first. Then I'm going to learn how to talk. Then I'm going to learn how to look good. Yeah. What you really got to do is I got to do it the other way around. Look good and then learn how to talk. Then learn how to wrestle. Like yeah. I can teach a filing cabinet how to wrestle a match. Yeah. You know, that's easy enough. But that personality and all those other things that come first, you're hundred percent. Right. And yeah. using that analogy, right. Nowadays, everyone has to be a one hit wonder, you know, right yeah. away out of the gate. That first, that first match. Got well, to if you can go viral on Twitter or something, then, you know, you might get noticed, but what else do you bring to the table? Some well, of the greatest wrestlers didn't do a whole ton. <laughs> well, like the opportunity in generations before mine, was to be able to go and on the local circuit, hone your craft by the time you got to local TV, let alone like a big, you know, yeah. stage. You had honed your craft. You were you were 10,000 hours in, you were awesome, you were ready to go. That's why Macho Man did Macho Man and Jake did Jake. But nowadays we don't have that same environment where you can hone your skills and train and work that much and stuff to become that guy. Yeah. And back in the day though, they couldn't get go viral on you know Twitter or what's left of Twitter now. Yeah. You know, and now that's our opportunity now. So it's a comparable advantage, and you got to know how to play that, right? Yeah. But uh, I will tell you another thing. This is, I'm going to be really mean on this. No, be, be, go, be whoever you want to be. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say this is like, there's not a single wrestler, again, not a single money making wrestler main event person. The, the name they started you know, out of training with in their first match, that is not the character. That's not who they played in that main event that they got to. Yeah, everyone goes and evolves. So nowadays, you see a lot of people really married to like one personality, one character for themselves. Like, yeah. oh, that's how I am. It's like, no, it's it's no good. <laughs> that's definitely something I've been hearing a lot of. I like, I don't train or anything, but I have a lot of friends that do train or are like pursuing professional wrestling and whatnot. And just in the end, I've had a lot of these conversations with wrestlers and people in the industry. And I think one of the things that um, I've learned from talking to people and just listening to their stories is not to get married to an idea that could be a detriment to you. Cause if you get married to an idea um, and not, don't have the willingness to grow, then sometimes when you do make it to one of these mainstream companies or something, then they tell you to do something different. Like you've got to be prepared to do something different, well, um, you know? And I think a, a perfect example of that would be like Sami Zayn, who's probably the most over guy right now in the WWE with the bloodline, hilarious anytime he's on the screen, uh, has is a part of a heel group, but is somehow the biggest baby face. And, <laughs> and, but then he was El Generico. I know we're not supposed to say that on the independence. <laughs> like, you know, if you listen to other, other like old timers that worked with him back in those days, he was very stuck on that idea. And he was married to, and he didn't want to take the mask off. He didn't want to talk. And then he got signed to NXT and he had to drop everything. 
And we've seen the slow progression of Sammy. And he's changed a lot even there in his WWE career. not the same Sammy that made his debut on the main roster in 2016 either. And it's like, that's what tells you. You got to continuously evolve and change and mix it up. And uh, I just think you got to start doing that. Like, as soon as, like, I don't know. You've probably trained some people and worked with younger people. But I feel like once you got those fundamentals down and you can put on a good match, okay, now it's up. Now it's time to be like, okay, so who am I? I can do this part. Like, who am I? I think it's it's a weird world when I meet like new like trainee students and I'm like, what's your character? Who are you? And they're like, I don't know. And they're like, well, what do you want to be? I, I don't know. And it just blows my mind because like when I got into wrestling, man, yeah. I wanted to be the Undertaker. I thought it was <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I was like, I be the Undertaker. But, uh, by the way, like I'm talking like 30 minutes into my first wrestling lesson, I was like, okay, not the Undertaker. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, and then, and then you know, I started to kind of evolve who, who I became today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird mentality to have. And, and back to Sami Zayn there years ago in Montreal, I just come back from an injury. And one of my first matches back was with Kevin Steen and, and Sami Zayn was there. And I thought, man, I remember wrestling these guys and I was like, man, these guys are awesome. I didn't wrestle Sami Zayn, just, just Kevin Steen. Yeah. And I thought, oh man, they're so, so good. And at the time they were, they were like the best in that area by far. Yeah. But seeing them on WWE TV now, after they've had a chance to work with the Triple H's and the Shawn Michaels and the, and you know Matt Blooms and stuff like that, they're light years ahead of where they were when I was in that ring. Yeah. So and and that's because they're being they're working with the best in the world. WWE is still the best in the world, no matter how you cut it. No, hundred percent, and yeah. it, it it forces you to step up your game. Um, yeah. Who else have you worked with? Who are some other big names that you've uh, been out there and got to wrestle? So, I mean, not not too, too many. Uh, I wrestled Tommy Dreamer. You know, I mean, everyone's wrestled Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> uh, but he liked it. So that's the yeah. difference between me and his other matches, I guess. Uh, I wrestled Loki. Um, oh, sorry. I wrestled a ton of name guys. Bobby Roode. Yeah. Uh, oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. I, I remember uh, uh, with Bob having that match. And I just, for whatever reason, couldn't get my head in the game that day. And he would start, you know, calling stuff and asking me to do something. <laughs> Like I, I can't do. He just like assumed I could, and I didn't. Want, I was too embarrassed to say I don't know what I'm doing, and I just did it. It was a really liberating experience in my yeah. But I think like probably like I don't know if this is like name droppy enough or not. But um, when I went when I took my first bumps in Canada in Toronto, yeah. uh, since I was at the time I was considered a smaller guy, so they shipped me off to Mexico City to yeah. get up there and learn lucha. And back then people would make fun of lucha, like it was not what it is today. In yeah. Rome um now it's like it's so mainstream right but then yeah. i used to get teased by the the bigger wrestlers like oh that dancey stuff it ain't no good but i tell you best training i ever had i was at cmll with tony salazar and i got a chance to like work with so many awesome dudes there and everything that i can do in the ring is because of that That's um, amazing. oh here's some name droppy stuff for you so i started out it's like tracy brooks was there gail kim was there yeah um, you know so like that sort of era that toronto era of people you know, I drove Gail Kim to her very first WWE tryout. Oh, that's insane. Have yeah. you ever had a WWE tryout? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to a couple of those, like, scam yeah. ones, where, like, before. I don't know if it was before or during Tough Enough, but it was, like, they do, like, a cattle call of, like, 50 local wrestlers. Yeah. I remember, actually, there's probably like, an old photo in, like, a local newspaper in Oshawa. Uh, like, they would just make us, like, run up and down stairs and do squats and stuff. And me and uh, uh, Cody Diener are in this, like, one photo. And I remember when they finally – Asked them, okay, get in the ring and, and wrestle. Me and Dean are like looked at each other, like from across the ring and jumped in. We're like, yeah, we're good, we're good. Because like we were just too nervous to get in there with anybody else. Um, and I remember Fit Finley would, would get really pissed off. 
because you'd like jump over the top rope. You go, oh, hey, you can't do that. You know, you yeah. make us look like shit. You jump over the top rope and I make us guys look like we can't do it. They don't like the lucha shit. No, I was like, hey, man, sorry, we can't all come to the ring with an elf yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, It's crazy, though. Like, you've seen the change in wrestling now. Like, what's accepted now that wasn't accepted back then, like, you almost wonder if, like, you were ahead of your time. So, I, for me, I wouldn't say I was ahead of my time, but I had an appreciation for things that existed other places. Yeah. Like, now, with the internet being the way it is, like, there's this kind of – wrestling is a global community you know and we watch japanese wrestling we watch you know mexican wrestling we watch uk wrestling and we all kind of borrow from each other now but back then that accessibility just wasn't there so when i went to mexico hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And the psychology is so different. Yeah. And, and But, you know, it was explained to me and I was observant. And I paid attention. It makes all the sense in the world to me, the psychology they have there. Actually, in a lot of ways, it makes more sense than the psychology we have here uh, yeah. in America. And uh, but but I what I would I wouldn't try to do that in front of a North American audience. It was always about like what audience you're in front of, right? Like if I'm at some you know outdoor fairground show in front of a bunch of little kids who don't know nothing about nothing, I'm gonna yeah. run a certain way for that audience. I'll be me, but it'll be the carnival fairground little kid version of me, you know. Yeah. And if I'm wrestling in like the rickshaw theater with like these super loud, rowdy, punk rock, heavy metal people, yeah, yeah it's going to be me, but I'm going to rest for that audience. You know, you're going to hear some cuss words and, you know, they're going to see some off color stuff a little more yeah. in front of the kids, you know? So yeah. I think it's the same thing. A Mexican audience, I'm going to wrestle for a Mexican audience. In Alabama, i wrestle for Alabama. In New York, I'll wrestle for a New York audience, et cetera. So you wrestled for a bunch of years. When did you decide you wanted to get into promoting and starting WrestleCore? Aha. So years ago, um, the guy showed me my first bumps in a few years. We started a company called BSE, Blood, Sweat, and Ears. Yeah. And that, that show toured all the way up to Toronto, up to none of it, and back again. Very wildly successful. And yeah, that we actually, we were the promotion that put Christian and Lance Storm in the ring together for the first time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah Lance Storm and his gym had that big poster on the wall. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and we had like every Team Canada member 100 times and stuff like that. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that, I had such a negative experience with that, though. Because I got I got the short end of the, I got shafted hard on that. I swore I'd never do another show again. Yeah. But the smoking hot, crazy, fiery, super challenging, amazing woman who would become my wife, Calamity Kate. Yeah. Um, and uh, mother of my child. And she was like, "Let's let's make a show together." And I was like, "No, I swore I'd never do another show. Get out." Yeah. Of here. And she was like, "She was like, do it." And I was like, "Okay." that that very first show was uh, the very first lucha libre spectacular at the waldorf in vancouver okay at the time it was the largest drawing independent wrestling show in vancouver oh wow when was that that was uh kate what was that actually it's it's on my instagram somewhere okay featured like uh uh, puma king bestia 666 ray horace uh, Sin Bodhi, <laughs> okay, a lot of others. It was pretty wild. You know, we transformed that space into this whole like it, like block of Mexico City. All of a sudden, that's crazy. That's evolved. Um, Calamity Kate, myself, and our, our third producing partner Chris Steffler, who's super talented. We put those things on every every summer. Um, where they're now like two day events, and they're absolutely yeah. Wild. yeah. 
That's so, what I came to when I came to that show recently, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot yeah, you came on the Sunday, right? I did. I came on the Saturday, not Sunday. I came the first day. Oh, the first day. Yeah. One of the best matches I've ever seen live in my life was Greg Sharp versus Cyclone Ramirez Jr. Okay. It's on oh, our YouTube channel. It. Okay, well, there you go. It's on the YouTube channel. I want you to check it out. So that one show led to you being like, well, we should start our own promotion or – so, so what happened was I, I had such a good time. I was like really nervous doing it, especially it was my first time hosting a show really. Because yeah. uh, I didn't want to wrestle on my own show. I found it's kind of a contract of, you know, energy. Yeah. Like conflict of energy, you know, dispersion or whatever. You didn't want to uh, be the, the Vern Gagne or uh, Fritz von Erich of WrestleCore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, uh, okay. um, but I had such a good time doing it. Amazing time, and more importantly, the people I worked with had an amazing time. Okay, the was there. I yeah, loved it. And uh, I turned to Kate afterwards. I was like, "Thanks for you know, thanks for pushing me into this." And most like indie promotions, they're sort of like a sitcom that you got to follow along, show to show. It's like like yeah. a, like Friends. You know, is Ross gonna bang Rachel or not? I got to tune yeah. in. But I hate that because like the truth of the matter is, a handful of the audience is a regular audience. Usually, it's new people, and even if they are regular, they probably don't remember. Nobody cares. Yeah. So, I always treated our shows as like a movie, you know, one yeah. walk in, you walk out, you're satisfied. You didn't need any backstory. And this yeah. is really how we kind of introduce pro wrestling to a lot of new people in Vancouver. Yeah. And, and uh, to this, this point we talked earlier about Bray Wyatt and how he had like, became this creative. I don't like making shows for other people. I like making shows for two reasons. And that's something I want to see and to impress my wife. Okay, <laughs> fair it. enough. Okay. <laughs> and 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 so our shows are definitely alternative uh, alternative format alternative content and it's something different and it's not a it's not a low budget version of aew or wwe or whatever it's its own thing you yeah know, it's punk rock dirty it is it is the it's yeah it's the it's the indie promotion it's the it's a standalone it's it's not because like yeah i guess you're mostly like some wrestling companies want to have the stories and the characters and yep. show that. The other ones will book matches and tournaments and they try to have really competitive matches and whatnot, but it's nothing really making it stand out. Like, what makes WrestleCore different than what makes it stand out? So that's the thing. So so we started it. So it was just one-off, 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 one-off until at, during the pandemic, we decided yeah. to make it WrestleCore. WrestleCore has really only existed since May 14th of this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, the very first WrestleCore match was the main event of like the last one-off show we did. And that was uh, and Zicky Dice was the feature in that match. Yeah, yeah. Bro, the outlandish Twitch sensation man. He brought it. He's so underutilized everywhere. He's amazing. No, he is. He's great. Yeah, I did a giveaway with him one time. It was a good time. Dude, good, he's he's, he's a good yeah. dude. Solid. Yeah. And um, and so so then the actual debut of WrestleCore was actually in Prince George for FanCon. We sold out the Kin Three Arena. Bret Hart opened that show for us. So that's because I remember all of this. Yes. So it really is that recent. <laughs> yeah, this was super new, dude. And and here's the thing: a lot of like shows, yeah, good or bad, <clears throat> been around twenty years or one year or whatever. They they're very stagnant, right? It's just yeah. the same show, and it hasn't done anything or gone anywhere. I'm super proud of the fact that like the wrestlers who work on WrestleCore have, have uh, they they've worked so hard that they're getting booked all over the place and. And WrestleCore didn't like help them get booked, but I wanted a platform where they felt and they like empowered, you know, because they've been sitting here spinning their wheels for a while. Yeah, we're on a YouTube channel, we're on Title Match Network with 2.2 million subs on YouTube. Yeah, you know, uh, I got some really dope announcements for 2023. And yeah. one of them was sort of soft, soft announced already, you know, which we can talk about. But it's it's growing and evolving like crazy. One thing I think you'll really dig about WrestleCore. So 
there's a lot of unique features about it. Yeah. The problem is, you know, like I love the Rickshaw Theater. Like I go there for other shows. I love that venue. Yeah. It's so awesome. But you can only so many people can get in there. So for me, a big part of it is getting it on the screen, getting it to different markets. So not only do we publish it on the YouTube channel, people actually stream that show like the way a video game streamer streams it. Yeah. And post it out like Barbie VL out of Mexico City. She yeah. had 10,000 views on that first show she did for us. Yeah. Which is absolutely wild. You know what I mean? Santino Morella helped out doing a stream version of that very first May 14th show. So there's like different versions of WrestleCore shows out there for people to watch. If you want to watch like the original one, you know, with like Vinny the Voice and, and his local commentary partners, you, you would tune in our YouTube channel. Yeah. You can catch it on like Holden Albright's channel, all, all over the place. And yeah, and you guys already like, yeah, I remember the Bret Hart thing. You guys had the, the you had Trey Miguel in there. Like, you've had shows with some yeah. big names coming in and stuff. And I think the best analogy you gave us a couple of minutes ago was like I was saying, those wrestling shows and those the wrestling shows under the story stuff. I like the idea of like it being a movie. Yes. Because the idea of it being a movie is like, you know, you're going to go into that movie and you're going to get everything you need in that one show. And then the movie's over, right? Like, it's not like if it was, by the time you come to the next one, it's a whole different movie with a whole different set of characters in the set. But, like, looking at it that way, it doesn't make it seem like just another wrestling show with matches that are going to be really good. And it also is not like the soap opera week uh, show to show. It's you got to follow along the characters and they're growing whatnot. It's like, you're going to come. This is the movie. This is the cast. <laughs> We're going to put on a great show for you. And maybe you like it, maybe you won't, but. In this one night, you're going to get a, a conclusion and a, a story that starts at the beginning and it's going to end by the end of the night, but you're going to have a whole conclusion. And I think that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, no, thank you for that. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to bring on trolls by saying this following thing. Okay. No one's left the show unhappy. Every yeah. audience member who's left the show, they leave the show like, like, out of, like over the moon happy. But here's the fun thing about yeah. it. I hate it if someone in the audience can leave that show and explain what they just saw to somebody else. If they're able to explain what they saw, I've done something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think that's fair because like, if when I ask you like what makes you different compared to the other independent wrestling companies, I think that would be it. Well, you know, because the like you know uh, if I talk to one company, their biggest goal is to you know create a show that's a TV program and to be streaming that way, and they will put on really good matches and stuff. But sometimes I feel like it's just you know some really good matches. And there's another company that's you know I know they're really big into they want to build the characters and the stories and bring you back because you are following along with the characters and stories. And I think with yours, now you tell me it's a movie and you look at the posters, you know, the vibe, very different vibe. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about the posters in a second. Okay. You know the vibe. <laughs> and then also like, even like the show I came to uh, the Lucha show, like it, maybe it wasn't a movie in one night, but by the second night, the, 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 the idea has been completed. You know what I mean? I was like two, two movies. Two nights, one movie, but like, you know, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, like I get it, you know. 26 matches that we took. Crazy. But and so, had an, yeah. Uh, so, so throw this in about like the actors, you know, the wrestlers in the thing. You come back to see the movie with the, the same actor, the same yeah. cast. I'm going to highlight, um, highlight. So what we, I, the only storylines we really had with WrestleCore was to establish character. Yeah. So like when Michael Richard Blaze, the founding father and savior of the clandestine society, he does that gimmick at different shows. But I just feel like WrestleCore, he's the most Michael yeah. Richard Blaze that Michael Richard Blaze yeah. can have Michael Richard Blaze. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the guy's a genius. I love the way his brain thinks. I love working with him. And every time 
I, I, my only complaint, I find sometimes he reins himself in a little too much. So I was kind of pushing myself. Hey, that thing that you don't think you should do. He's like, yeah. I'm like, do that twice. Yeah. Do that more. <laughs> you know? And and I want people to really come out of their shells and, and be more themselves than they can be anywhere else. You want it to be wild. You want people leaving without yeah. knowing what they just saw. And I think that's <laughs> what makes it unique. Like I said, it's like a movie. Sometimes you walk out of a movie and you're like, I don't know what that was, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I still don't understand how Once Upon a Time in Hollywood really ended, but, like, <laughs> I would watch it again. <laughs> I'll even simplify that. You know, like, Star Wars and Millennium Falcon? Yeah. You know, all the tubes and stuff? Yeah, like yeah. That. I don't know what those tubes do, but they just, like, look right to me. I'm like, oh, that's the tube that makes it fly. Yeah. Like, it just looks right. So It doesn't need to be that serious, but it can be fun, and you can enjoy what you're seeing. And, and as long as you've established – because it's different if you – I think the most important thing is establishing establishing what your company is and going with it. And if you're establishing that's what you do, then that's cool. If you're saying you're trying to do something else, but you're not doing that, then it's like, okay, they, they lost the plot. But you know what you're doing. So like, well, we always try to get like way more ambitious, show yeah. the show. Like we're always kind of raising up that level somehow. And I mean, some of it's like dicey. Like like we had this like Invisible Man segment on the yeah. last show. And it, it was like dicey. We had no idea that that was going to work. But like we had like a, a guy come out on stage and get invisible behind a screen. Like it was, it was pretty wild. Again, it'll be up on YouTube soon enough. Yeah. My description won't do it justice. But we haven't figured it out. We're always trying new things, you know. And I, I don't know. I'm probably probably you know strike out on you know 10 9 out of 10 of these things but, but you gotta try it no one else is gonna try it i'll tell you now none of the other companies in vancouver is gonna try them that's what makes you a stand out well actually you know what you know what uh boom we talked about boom earlier yeah and i love what they're doing i yeah. love what they're doing it's there's this like element this like kind of um writer's room element to it that i just love and yeah, but that's because they come from the tv world and they want to give us a, a character tv show like i you know i had them on the show and that was the biggest thing is like we actually want it to like be if you come to one show you want to come back to the next one because you fell in love with this character and you want to see what happens to him but that's what makes them stand out right which is totally cool even like their posts on social and stuff like that like yeah. you look at the art direction yeah instantly got my interest i i know i gave them a but that's but in the same way they do that, and I told them that made like I noticed that, and that really stood out to me. I thought that was super yeah. cool because I didn't see independent wrestling companies, especially here in Vancouver, doing anything like that, right? I'm yes. like those Halloween ones in front of the with the candy, and now these ones with the art. I'm like, oh, this is cool, and it probably makes the wrestlers feel cool, and it just seems like a bigger deal. Yeah, because these posters are like my my language, they're fucking sick. Like you guys have sick posters. Oh. <laughs> Every time you guys draw posters, I'm like, I, I like like you said, it's like an old school movie poster, and I'm like, oh, I want to go see this. Like, who's behind the posters? Whose idea was that? Because they're so great. So, actually, so the, the very first Lucha show we did, yeah, and, uh, I got in touch with a guy. Uh, you'd find him online as Combination Thirteen. I don't know if he wants me saying his like shoot name or not. Yeah. On Combination Thirteen, and he does like uh, he works for some of these bands. He works for Parallel Forty Nine. He, like he's a really really popular local artist, and, and like he's in, he's gets uh, work out of the UK and all over the place. He's awesome, and he just liked wrestling. And, and he said, hey, do you mind if I draw something for you? And, and honestly, I didn't really think much of it at the time. And as soon as I saw the first draft, I was like, okay. We're going to be friends now, and I can't do a show without him. He does yeah. every single thing we do. Even the photographic posters we do, he does. Yeah. The, the individual like little graphics, he doesn't do those, but he creates every single logo, every single mainstay poster. And I'll be perfectly honest when I say this. Sometimes we come up with a name for a show. I don't know what the show is yet. I just like the way the name sounds. Yeah, but that's part of it, though. Like, you know what I mean? And sometimes after you get that name, you're probably like, oh, we can build the show around this name. We kind of know what we can do here. 
the way it starts there, but then he'll make a graphic for it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, the graphic means this. And like, it's this very kind of organic yeah. uh, circle to create something. Like we did a show called Battle World 88, which wound yeah. up being a choose your own adventure show where the audience chose the wrestlers and match types. Yeah. And like a retro video game almost. Yeah. I didn't know what it was until about five days before. But you that. see like you're coming there for this experience and you're only going to get it this one time. Maybe you'll do it again sometime in the future, but every time you come, it's something different. And something I think different. that's that's the exciting part about it, right? <laughs> like, But it's never going to be like a dull moment. You guys are going to try stuff. You're going to try this Invisible Man guy. You're going to have the mini-me guy there. You're going to do stuff <laughs> that people, that other companies might not want to do because they want to be either taken seriously or they got a plot that they're following. There's no plot. You're not necessarily trying to be taken seriously. You're a serious company, but you're not trying to be taken seriously. You want people to come there and have a good time. So exactly. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not doing. You know, like we we don't, we don't do this because we want to. You know, have a bad time. You know what I mean? Like, 100. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. Like you know, you could you could be uh, you know an influencer for you know H and R Block. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's boring. You know. 100. So, yeah. How do you uh, how do you guys come up with the title? The championship title because when i saw that thing i'm like that is the lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details craziest looking world title i've ever seen Oh, thank you, thank you so much. It is, it is a wild, it is the unique. I don't know. I wish I had a picture to pop up right now. Maybe I'll figure something out. But like, I'll, try to, I'll try to send you some stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so what happened was when we decided to make it WrestleCore, when, when Calamity Kate and I decided to make it a regular ongoing show, you need, you need a champion, you need a title, yeah. and 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 there are some beautiful title belts out there, and I've always really liked like unique ones that kind of stood out, like Defy's belts. Uh, Defy, yeah. they're, they're badass belts. But even I felt if even if I tried something different like that, I'm still just trying to kind of knock that off. And I wanted something that stood out and was different on its own. So um, uh, originally, the idea was to have these kind of like painted plates with the like LED lights around them. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine, Paul, he's a wickedly talented tattoo artist at a Black Rider. Uh, he was like, he was like, that won't work, and it won't look right. And and he suggested glass instead. I go, oh, glass. Okay, I like glass. Glass is a fucking nightmare. No. <laughs> Uh, but but I was thinking at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, I want to WrestleCore acknowledges all different promotions, acknowledges all different champions. And yeah. stuff. there's heavyweight and there's world and there's you know universal champions. I go, I'm gonna recognize all those, but I also want to take a shit on them. So let's call it the infinite championship. Yeah. And and infinite right. mirrors, boom, came to my yeah. head. So it's this like Mad Max Road Warrior Blade Runner again, kind of cyberpunk title, and it's the meanest looking title in the world. It's really cool looking. When I because I saw it that first time, I'm like, oh, that's like, I've never seen a title like that. One, it's like it's uh, lights on it. It's like flashing. <laughs> like, this is insane. And like honestly, when like we were, I was at an outside show, obviously, and it was dark, and you see that belt, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you should come see that thing up close and in person. I should even this mask is a little. I mean, you can see it's like a little homage to that. I got like little skulls. Yeah, little stuff on it. These things, these things whip me in the eye all the time. Yeah. Great. Um, but uh, you know, we, that's the kind of art direction that we go with for sure. So, but, uh, we got some team titles coming up for 2020. So, and those will be again, very unique. I'm looking forward to see what they look like. I'm looking forward to seeing the team that can wear them.
Not true, too. Not true, too. <laughs> How many shows do you guys do a year? So I think uh, – so we started officially in May. I think we did 10 shows. Yeah. So, like, so the, I mean, the goal is always to do like a monthly regular show, but sometimes that just doesn't line up. Like we didn't do anything for October. Yeah. Uh, I've had I, two of these interviews a month, and sometimes, you know, I got like one or yeah. zero. <laughs> we had like we had some months where we did like three shows in a month yeah um, it usually comes down to like scheduling i guess and like yeah get people booked and venue and all that right for me for me my, again i love the rickshaw theater and and with covid like so many different great music venues kind of had to shut their doors and the, and the rickshaw you know through a lot of strategies stayed open and now they're like book solid yeah and, and i could do a show a lot of different places but WrestleCore, man, that's that's a house of WrestleCore right there. And Were you involved with the? Wasn't there like a wrestling company called Rickshaw for a bit with Kenny Lush? So, so I, Kenny Lush, who yeah. Kenny Lush, who's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, him and another guy named Tom P started a thing called Wise Pro Wrestling, and, and my, Wise Pro, that's what yeah. it was called. And I was always at the Rickshaw. I went to like two or three of their shows. Smartest booking, best run show by far. Love it. Love what they did, and and they you know had some life obstacles, and and so they decided not to run anymore. And the rich house came up for grabs, and and I asked Kenny. I said, I said, hey, what are you doing with it? And he's and he said, hey, Snake Money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want you to run a show in there. And I was like, oh, you know, with his blessing and every production meeting we have, you know, I make sure I acknowledge it's because of Kenny Lush that we're allowed to do these shows here. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. I feel like we're just sort of keeping it warm until he wants. To you know up. what? I I went. You know, I went to a couple of Wise, like two, three Wise, wise Pro shows, and yeah. and um. You know, I talk about this, and, and your guys' atmosphere is exactly the same. And I'm like, it's I understand the reasonings behind why people do certain things and stuff. But I was like, at one point, a lot of the shows here were family friendly, yes, and super family oriented. So it was like kids and parents and regulars like that. And I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I think for a good wrestling show, you need to let like the people drink. <laughs> like you need to be able to sell booze and let the people have a good time and they'll loosen up and they'll enjoy the show even more. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's just like anything, right? Like say yeah. these analogy in movies, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I like Toy Story too, you know, uh, but, but also like, you know, maybe I want to go watch, uh, you know, Showgirls or, you know, what's one of those new Annabelle or yeah, something crazy or a horror film or something. And like, yeah. And like, and that's what I was like when I would come to a rickshaw show after. And don't be wrong, like um, some of the shows when they're on the Commodore, they they they'd be a little bit more lit or whatnot. But I, I remember coming to rickshaw shows. I'm like, oh, this. And I remember it was like 19 plus. I remember one time I actually tried to bring my cousin. He was 18. <laughs> but it was 19 plus, and I was like, oh, this is a vibe. This is a different vibe because you can come here. It's literally like going to a concert with your friends. Exactly. And, and just you know, you can get lit. You have a show and. It's fun, and even someone that may not like I, I've taken friends that aren't weren't or still aren't the biggest wrestling fans, but they'd had the time of their life. Well, I'd say, I'd say like especially with like the uh, WrestleCore shows, they're definitely like a crossover uh, in terms of audience. Like you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy that. Yeah, There's a lot of shows where like if you're not a wrestling fan, you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy it, and that's what and that's what I was trying to say. Like I think that's what would make your company stand out because it seems like it's an experience, right? Uh, like I said, there's some companies that want to put on really good wrestling matches and have a really strong card, but then you, you know if you try to go to friends of mine that aren't really wrestling fans, they don't care. How, strong the card is they don't even know the big name that you're bringing in that's supposed to be like the, you know what i mean so like how are you how am i like like some of the events i've gone to that i've taken friends to that have had the most fun is it'd be like something wacky like i remember i took one of my closest friends since high school he probably hasn't watched wrestling since like 2004 i think like the last wrestlemania he watched with me was like the Shawn michaels triple h benoit one in, in 2004 that's why that comes to my mind but like um 
I remember I took him to a show. I'm like, yeah, I had to go to this wrestling show. I'm like, you want to come with me? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a bring your own weapons match. And he like went to his garage. He grabbed like a a, a, a grass hockey stick. And something. he's like, let's go. And like the fact that like they used just grass hockey stick, like he stole it back. He's like, Matt, Matt yeah. where's you extra cheese grater? <laughs> yeah, and he was just so happy. Like they used my grass hockey stick. And like you, you know what I mean? It's just like to make it an experience where I just sit there, clap, cheer, watch a show, and be grateful for the wrestling. That only works if they're already wrestling fans. It doesn't work if like I get, I get a nice little off-color anecdote for you. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons why like wrestling fans or even non-fans get really into the shows, yeah, as opposed to watching it on a movie screen or like a band on stage, like man, you like you're it's visceral. Like you can reach out and touch them. You can smell these guys. You know, obviously yeah. a bad thing. And so I'm known for I'm known for making sure the shows have a lot of audience interaction. You know, a lot of guys go flying out of the ring. A lot of wrestlers go flying out of the ring into the audience. Yeah, and uh, we had this uh, uh, disabled lady in like one of those rascal scooters just yeah. sat in the front row for some reason, and this like, handler guy was helping her out because he goes, "Hey, uh, you know, she almost got hit on that dive. But you got to do something about it." I go, "Where is she? Where, oh my god!" You know, like like yeah, I want to. Where is she? Goes she's short in the front row. I go, "Can you help?" I go, "Yes, I can help." She goes, "What are you gonna do?" I go, "Get her the fuck out of the front row. Get her in the <laughs> yeah. back. It's supposed to be." I go that front row, and I, I do a little PSA at the beginning of every show where I say to the people in the front row, I go, "Hey, I hope." hope you move quick because that's the splash zone yeah you, know, you will get wet you know <laughs> no, 100 and that's fair yeah. you know what i mean because like i said if you're creating experience for people and like i i was there man people were having the time of their life <laughs> and you could tell there were some people there that weren't lifelong wrestling fans there were lifelong wrestling fans there for sure i met them i talked to them they were wearing vintage <laughs> merch and stuff and i thought it was super cool but there was people there that you know they're not huge wrestling fans but they were just having a blast these guys flying around, jumping over the jumping over the ropes, and like you know, getting close to them and stuff. Like every like no, everybody wanted to be near the ring, and that's the thing too. Like I remember taking non wrestling fans to shows, and when they first see the ring, yeah. they're like, oh, they they have like some sort of nostalgic feel. Like oh, I I know what that is, and like oh, I've always yeah. you know as a kid, like I always thought about like running in a ring or something. Like it's 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 like listen, I hate I don't watch baseball, I don't watch football, right? I watch mm. hockey growing up, basketball and stuff. Like, I don't watch football, I don't watch baseball. I played baseball as a kid with my friends in the cult sec. I yeah. love playing football with my friends, you know. I love playing Madden. <laughs> I mean, so, like... Yeah, but if you, if you, like, walk into the park and you, like, walk... You start, you saw a baseball dime, you'd be like, oh... I love going to baseball games. You'll never catch me watching it on TV. I love yeah. going to a baseball... When I was in California for six months, I went to, like, so many A's and Dodgers games oh, because yeah, my yeah. family would get, like, tickets. and like, do you want to go? And I'm like, hell yeah, like... Like, I don't know any player on the team, but just the atmosphere, grabbing a hot dog, having a drink, watching baseball. I'm like, this is like this is American yeah. pastime, and I'm here for it. Like, you know I mean? My very first dates with Calamity Kate. I don't know how we we stumbled across Canucks tickets. She's like this punk rock chick, yeah, yeah. the establishment, the patriarchy. I'm this like artsy fool who like you know doesn't know anything about sports, and we wound up this Canucks game together. And and the electricity in the place was like yeah. wow, you know. But is. I couldn't help but be a jerk, right? And there's yeah. this like guy beside me, he's like a super hardcore fan. I'm like, I'm like, hey, how many innings are in this uh, match anyway? You know, and he's so mad. I, like I'm just joking around, right? Yeah. Like, I agree. I was like, is it halftime yet? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. People are like they're really passionate about these sports fans, you know. Oh, shit, yeah. You you start cheering for the other team for fun and stuff. It's like it's bad. It's bad, man. Um, you shouldn't yell, go blue. <laughs> <laughs> But like no, it's true. And then like it's like even like I remember I took a couple of friends to a Seattle WWE show, mm-hmm. and uh, this was like 2013. And it was the Slammies, and 
one of my friends totally wasn't a wrestling fan anymore. One was when he was a kid, like hardcore, but like just wasn't his thing no more. Like he moved on to sports and UFC and stuff. Like he still loved wrestling, had appreciation for it, but like he knew who everybody was, but he didn't like watch it every week and stuff. Yeah. And Brett came out. Okay. Brett Hardy, because it was the slam. He's had Brett there and Sean and everybody. And this guy was screaming like an eight-year-old for Brett. And we were like <laughs> in the lower bowl. Like lower bowl, but like on the far side, and Brett's on the. I'm like, he can't hear you, but he's screaming like with so much, like that commercial, like, Brett. That energy that's like infectious, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like you know, for me, like as someone who's still a wrestling, like that made me so happy that I could bring someone to a show like this, and yes. they could catch that feeling still. And he doesn't even watch every week anymore because that's what live entertainment does for you. And that's like that's why I always encourage people. I'm like, even if you're not a fan, hey, you want to go out to a club or something after you have plans for after, go to the wrestling show first and go to wherever you want after. But like, it's a it's a great way to kick off your night. Trust me, like it's a good time. Well, you know, um, so for years I'd always avoided like video and like having like a film crew and at the shows and stuff for that yeah. exact reason. Like I wanted this like live visual experience. I hated looking at things through a screen. Yeah, and I would really like you know was like okay, yeah, we got we got to get in front of a screen now. And I got this awesome film crew. This guy acts as our head of film and Gearbase is really helpful. But what they've been able to do is they've been able to really like not shoot it like like a WWE or an AEW or another indie. They shoot it like this like punk rock video. Like it's really in there. They capture that vibe, you know. I mean, it's, we're still figuring out. It's always getting a bit better. But if you look at like the first set of videos compared to now, like what? I think, I think you guys are the punk rock band of professional wrestling in Vancouver. Yeah, uh, you I know, what? you guys are the underground wrestling company of Canada currently on our way to being that of the world. No, 100%. Because I don't think a lot of people have that atmosphere. Like, I, every other wrestling company has some sort of which they're all doing great, but they have their own certain goal of what they want to be and what yeah. they're presenting and what they're putting out there. And I, and not every, not all promoters see that. Because I remember going to the Defy show and being like, oh, this is cool, man. This is like a. They Love. were involved, man. They knew all the chants. They knew they knew what to say and what not to say. And the one, two, three. Like, that's why I first heard it years ago. Like, I'm like, uh, <laughs> like that, that was an atmosphere. But some promotions don't want that atmosphere. They want it to be more, you know. So it's like, yeah. once you establish, like I said, once you establish what you are, then you're doing something super I think cool. like, Again, we don't, we don't really know who we are yet. But I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And I yeah. just double down on stuff I like. And, and weirdly, like, like-minded people. You know, like like you know the guys from Boom, stuff like that. Um, you know, we get along. Weirdly enough, go go figure. We, we get along. Yeah. So, um, and and I'm happy to kind of just be that helpful, supportive person as best I can be. Because like the the old school mentality. I was in Edmonton for a while. I lost a bet, and I found yeah. myself living in Edmonton for a few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple little indie companies, and they've been running the same type of little indie show for like decades. Yeah. What's the scene like out there? What is the scene like in Edmonton? I think like some some of the most talented wrestlers in Canada are coming out of there. You know, yeah. like obviously like Michael Richard Blaze is the Infinity Champion. Yeah, you know, that monster. Yeah, his uh, Stephen Crow's part of the Clandestine Society. Uh, Taryn from Accounting. Watch her. Like watch her. Yeah, you know, that's all I gotta say. Uh, there's some amazing talent coming out of there, but the actual companies that are out there, they they're I, they. They're, they've been the same company for decades and they don't feel like changing. They don't feel like working with others and being friendly. No, 100%. Yeah. That's what I like about right now. Like you said, you got a relationship with Boom and stuff and whatnot. But I'm like, it's like, well, like out of the three companies that I know of right now, and I know there's more, um, mm-hmm. but out of NEW, Boom, and WrestleCore, mm-hmm. well, three companies have totally different identities. 
And I Absolutely. think that's the cool part. That's that's, that's what, like like a lot of places are vending companies, but they're all kind of trying to do the same thing. They'll book the card, they'll show, bring someone in, maybe they'll have championship matches, maybe some stipulation matches here. Oh. But it's basically the same thing. But you guys are all three different goals and want three different things. And you're using a lot of the same talent, which is cool. Yeah. But we get to see those talent even do different things in different companies. Yes. Well, you know, growing up, I was always a comic book guy. Yeah. And, and so I love like, you know, I didn't want to read Wolverine comics. I read X-Men comics. You know, like the yeah. thing. So all these wrestlers work on all these different companies, but they bring something very different to each one, too. And like I've promoted a lot of shows in my day. Never once have I like not sold a ticket because that wrestler was on a different show. Quite yeah. the opposite. That wrestler was on a different show, did a good job. I sold two tickets because they were on my show. No, 100%. Yeah. It's, you know, it's good for business. Um, but uh, that, that kind of brand identity we're talking about. I find like a lot of wrestling shows, they, they know they need a poster. They know it's supposed to look like this or they know they're supposed to do this, but they're not really considering or thinking why. Whereas yeah. the shows that tend to do really well out there, they they have a brand identity. They're doing these things with a purpose. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. You know? and, that's, and I think that's the biggest thing. I If uh, this is me saying this, uh, this uh, if I get in trouble, it's me. I think if NW, trolls, we got. You know, I know, like, if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. I think NEW is like the wrestling wrestling company that's going to give you that post and give you a stack card and some really good wrestling mm-hmm. and some great championship matches and whatnot with some crazy production, like some crazy production. Like it's like great production <laughs> like in terms of their stage and all that. And that's what they are. And then I look at Boom and I go there and I'm like, I want to go to the, and rightfully so, like to see what the, Abraham Lincoln does on the next show. Or, <laughs> who is actually going to beat Brady and his cocky Sachin? And you know what I mean? Like, I want to yeah. see the continuation of these story arcs and these characters. And that makes sense because these are guys coming from the TV world. NEW mm-hmm. makes sense because these are guys coming from the sports and finance world. They're going to be able to have the production, they're going to be able to sell you on the sport aspect of wrestling. <laughs> Who's going to sell you on this? wacky world and character storyline week to week you gotta be here you're gonna miss something wrestling and then you guys are like we're fucking gonna throw everything at the wall <laughs> you have the greatest time of your life our posters look like movies and comic books and yes. you're gonna leave here once again being like i don't know what i just saw but i liked it it's funny when you're just crazy. The wrestlers were all over the place, jumping on us and stuff. <laughs> it was an experience. And I think Vancouver is in a really cool place right now with professional wrestling. There's been a lot of changes over the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. The there's been a no longer here. There's, there's well, you know, ASW is still doing its thing, too. Don't get me wrong. So that's like an OG company. That's new, new, owners, new owners with All Star. Yeah. Been here forever. And they yeah. are like, if there's like a heritage company here now, it's them. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm not not getting oh, geez. Yeah, but outside of that, like, we're in a really cool place right now. I think. If somebody asked me a few days ago, they're like, do, "Do I think Vancouver, the Pacific Northwest, or whatever, is going to be the new, the next mecca of wrestling, like the way the UK blew up a couple years ago and stuff?" I said, I, "You know, I feel it's kind of there. I feel it's kind of there right now. It's just the truth of the matter is." Travel sucks going east and west. It's super expensive and super long. Yeah, and I think that's always the the biggest struggle, especially east and west, when you want to even go from Canada to the states into the or to the states into Canada. If you go east to west within the states, you're even better off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's 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 why you know, and, and for many years, a lot of people be like, "Well, Pacific Northwest is great, but it's like it's hard to get." To. Like even. Just the whole West Coast is tough. Like California's got a scene because California is huge. Yes. Right? Seattle, if you ask me, there was a couple there, but Defy is the only one that really found a way 
to make themselves stand out some and i think it was for those things that they found ways that they could stream the shows let yes. people watch them um mm-hmm. bring names in but be like no you can still watch your matches which was something two years ago mm-hmm. when i was pitching this to companies that were operating yep. saying, hey why aren't you guys putting your shows on youtube it's like free and like at least people could you're putting on these great matches here nobody ever sees them yeah i agree that's that's why <laughs> your point like it's funny. a lot of us a lot of us like you know I would say one of the problems with the wrestling industry is it's run by a bunch of dumb wrestlers, you know, and and whenever you hear a wrestler say, Oh, this is how it is, or this is the only way to do something. It's a good indicator. They don't know what they're talking about. So when someone like you brings an idea to the table, if you find you're getting a lot of pushback on it from somebody, don't, you know, like you're not going to, I came in with the social media idea. Like, Hey, you can literally reach everybody and anybody right now. Yes. How do you do that? Like you said, the Zicky Dice thing with the Twitch thing. Like, that's huge. Yeah. He has a big Twitch audience. Collaborating oh. with him on that, massive. You know what I mean? Put it on Twitch. Put it on YouTube. There's so many outlets. But if you are, like, some companies be like, well, no, we want people to pay for it. So we want to put it behind a paywall or we want to be on this site or that site. You can do that if you know some people and get it there. But you'll probably get there faster if you're just putting some content out there. Well, so, you know, <laughs> like, you know, we, we do, like, financially, we do okay at the live shows. So all the online efforts, like, I want the audience to have them for free. Because, again, the, the whole point of it is there's some really talented people who I personally really like. I consider them my friends. And I want them to have a platform where they can get seen by as many people as possible. And that was always the biggest thing, too, is, like, it was the wrestlers. I'm like, yo, how are these wrestlers ever going to get seen if you're not putting this stuff anywhere? Yeah. And the wrestling here majority of the time. I tell I, I said this, like, in a real dick way. I was yeah. like, hey guys, Vince McMahon ain't sitting in the back of the theater like scouting right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get out to tweet something once in a while if you want to get seen, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's, I understand financially, like finding someone that wants to film and hiring them because most of them are going to want to get paid and finding someone to edit it and do it. Like, it's a lot. I understand. So it's a big task. It, it's not as easy as like, I'm going to film this on my phone and put it on YouTube. Like, you probably want it a little bit professional. Mm-hmm. But it will be worth it for everybody. I always feel like, and if you want exposure and you want people to see it, like you're gonna, you you're gonna have to spend some money to make some money. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say, I, I promise you, I'd be able to mean stuff like that. So I'm gonna start my preamble to this thing. Exactly, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on this point you're making. No, go ahead. That was it. <laughs> a lot of inquiries now from wrestlers who want to come be on the show. Yeah, and one of the biggest red flags for me, and this is good advice to any indie wrestler out there: don't offer to come for free. And I'll tell you why. Because as soon as you say that to me, I think that's exactly what you're worth. You know, you're, you don't, you don't deserve to get paid. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, yeah, a lot of wrestling shows go, oh, I need a free cameraman or I need a free editor. I need this. You know, hey, can you make my poster for free? Can you do this for free? Everything should be paid. And if your wrestling show is not making enough money to pay an adequate fee for those things, you're not running a good show. And, yeah. and I'm not saying the content and the wrestlers are bad on your show. I'm saying you're not promoting a good show. You're not getting butts in the seats. You're not being interesting. That's your fault. And uh, I get in this argument, not argument, conversation with a lot of people. So, oh, so-and-so's been around for a long time. Go, yeah. But if they couldn't put butts in the seats, then they don't deserve to be around any longer. Yeah. Make room for something new. You know, they need to make room for something that is going to put butts in the seats. And you got to adapt to the changes. I think indie wrestling was a one way in the early 2000s and i think yeah. now people are picking up on it but for a bit there like nobody was really changing i'm like why would it does you like youtube is yeah. free Let's put yeah. it out even and then people sometimes will get like well we don't want to put it on youtube and then have like only like 30 people view it 
that's thirty more people that weren't there. So, yeah. like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I, my feelings are hurt. Like, I, we have some videos that are like ten thousand views, and then we yeah. have videos that have like one hundred and fifty. And I'm like, I know that that's a whole different topic. We can talk about how social media messes with the mental health, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, it's just you got like sometimes I'll post something, especially now with the algorithm. I'm trying to figure it out because sometimes I'll post something, yes. and then we'll get like ten thousand likes, and then I'll post something else, and they're gonna like. 200 likes and i'm like what's going on here now at least you can hide the likes okay i have half a million followers getting 200 likes with half a million followers does not look good but i don't know what's going on <laughs> like you know like well, for me it's it's funny because i find if i put a lot of effort into a post yeah rarely does it break a thousand you know views like maybe yeah. it gets 50 likes or something but if i just half-ass like i'm you know i gotta take a piss i'm running out the door and i just want to post this thing real quick boom all of a sudden it'll get like you know seventeen thousand views and get like 400 likes or whatever what was that really cool thing you guys are doing with the commentary thing where people had the uh, option to commentate over matches? So, oh, I, I love this. So this is uh, kind of a, a unique brainchild where, you know, like a video game streamer, like you see the screen and they're like just in the bottom corner. Yeah. Shit. That's how WrestleCore shows are presented. Okay. And so we, we film the thing, edit it, put it up. And, and there's commentary over it. All right. Like we have a live commentary team. Yeah. So I have any of the voice and whoever's commentary partners that day. It's always a new partner. Yeah. We bring in a name for Vinny yeah. the Voice every show. <laughs> and um, and then we let people just, and I tell them, I go, you have full creative control. You can get drunk if you want. You can swear if you want. You can have a partner if you want. You can you can just sit there and say nothing if you want. You can do whatever you want on there. And and at first it's a little awkward. They're like, oh, you give me too much you know, leeway. But once they sort of have a bit of fun with it, and I would say try a match or two. Try a match. Yeah. You know? And let me know how it goes because a lot of them don't even know who these wrestlers are yet. Yeah. Right? But – the, the concept of the match or whatever usually get winds up hooking them. And like uh, my, my favorite one is Barbie Viela out of Mexico City. And she's in San Diego now. Yeah. But she, she was like a triple mania. She's like a big, you know, a Lucha Libre influencer and stuff like that. She had like 10,000 views on her video in like a day. And um, the fun thing about it, if you go to the WrestleCore site, there's this uh, section called Influence Champion. You can actually vote for one of the streams that you've seen. And at the end of this year, we're crowning our very first influence so they pick a match mm -hmm. and they basically the original commentary that's already on there you can't hear and you just commentate over the match yourself yeah you just you just should talk over the show yeah and this is a good way to get people to watch matches through influencers because it gives them content to for content and they can commentate over and that's right away just content generally yeah if you need your 40 hours on twitch or you need your you know whatever you know you haven't posted something in a month it's an easy go-to for the creators. And like, we're going to watch this match and we're going to commentate over it. And yeah. just do your thing. And then you can actually try to be a commentator. Or you can literally just commentate on the match and how you feel about it, what you're yeah. looking at. Like the guys, the, the, TV. the yeah. guys at TV for Cannabis Culture, and they, they got like a million or something, you know, subscribers. And they just, they just get high. And watch the thing. I don't even know anybody's name. And that's another thing. If you sit there with a buddy, like I've watched so much wrestling with my co-host for the TV show and other like friends of mine, where we're just sitting there, I'm like, bro, like, why isn't this the podcast? Like, we're just sitting here. Like, there's some things obviously we wouldn't be able to say on the podcast that we say to each other, but for the most part, like a lot of this is like funny shit. Like, I, I tell her market 19 plus when it goes on YouTube or whatever, because yeah. like you get in trouble because you know, there's there's obviously like some off-color stuff happening in the in the actual video and the shows. But uh, yeah, do whatever, do whatever you want. You know, if you want to make it family friendly and bleep it out, you can do that too. That's super cool. But see, like that's like I'll give you guys the the benefit of that. Like that's realizing okay, this is the thing now. Yeah, going with the times. Like 
how how can we not only just give more exposure to WrestleCore, but also to the talent that's wrestling here? Like, what else are we offering them? Like, hey, like one of these influencers might just pick up your guys' match and be like, I want to commentate over this. Yeah, and that's that's more exposure to you. Like, it's I think like that that was my thing. I, I'm not saying it now because I've seen the change now, but give it three four years ago, I'm like nobody was jumping on board with the social media, so they didn't get it. And I'm without dropping a name. Mm-hmm. one of the bigger companies in the world not <laughs> the biggest one so it's not them don't worry yeah. uh, they're great at it by the way like the two big companies right now aw and WWE, killing with the social media they get it they understand it there's yeah. another company that's got a tv deal and they're on social media and stuff i mean they're on tv tv and whatnot and i remember one of the people called me because we, we were discussing like you know working together and whatnot okay. and one of the first things he asked me was why would we need a budget for social media uh, and I, that's I, how far gone everything was. You know what I mean? So it's great that you guys are doing stuff like that. And, and, and you know, to that point, there's so many people who just don't like they, the world thrives on change. The world thrives on evolving, yeah. growing. It's going to change in a few years again. There's going to be something else. Watch. That all being said, like, okay, so where can people find WrestleCore and what's next? So uh, so my, my handles are all Fight Cobra Kai. Cobra's with a K. It's all one word. But just WrestleCore. Go to Instagram, WrestleCore, Twitter, WrestleCore, Internet. You know, uh, go to the website, WrestleCore, um, and you get, like, a lot of updates on there. Rickshaw, RickshawTheater.com is the home for tickets, for sure. Yeah. Right. But uh, the big thing I want to push is uh, YouTube and the Title Match Network. You know, uh, the guys at Title Match Network were kind enough to take us on without really knowing who we were. Yeah. And they loved it. Uh, they're doing a big drop this week of the uh, the original uh, – sorry, the, the second Destroy Wrestling show, which okay. is great for us because – our first scheduled show of 2023, Destroy, Destroy Wrestling Destroy. 3, The Wrestle Apocalypse. So like the first Destroy Wrestling, we it was the apocalypse. We ended the world of wrestling with the Exploding Ring Deathmatch. That failed horribly, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, the, the technician who was supposed to just hit the trigger like got drunk and like mistimed it. Oh, wow. Uh, but apparently the same thing happened on AEW like a few months ago. Oh, later. it did. It did yeah. who's, who's ahead of the game, right? Yeah, you guys then, did it first. Yeah. <laughs> And then the second one, since everyone died, wrestling apocalypse, they're all in hell, had to fight their way through hell. Um, and that this is, is really like a movie. Every every show is something totally different. Oh yeah, and and, they, and it's where they connect. Like they yeah. they do still connect. And and so with wrestle uh, destroy wrestling three coming out, you know, we destroyed the world. We fought through hell. Who knows what's next? There's only one way to find out. But what I will tell you, it's gonna be a metalicious good time. And oh, and you never wow. seen anything like it. Oh wow! Yeah. Where when is it and where is it? January 20th at the historic Rickshaw Theater in downtown Vancouver, baby. That's sweet. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Guys, make sure you go follow them. Check them out on YouTube and check out WrestleCore. And I do have one more thing, which I think you're going to pop for. So you mentioned like everyone kind of presents differently. And I feel that the talent we have in WrestleCore, we can present any way we want. So we're getting a little sportsy as well because we did the soft announcement of our second show of 2023. The official announcements will be coming out over the next week or two. We're going to do some talent drops. Uh, we're going to be doing a wrestling show for the Vancouver Warriors in the Rogers Arena in front of a oh, few wow. on February 4th. That is cool. Yes, sir. In Rogers Arena. You got it. Oh, and, wow. Uh, that's huge, dude. That's crazy. You know, in WWE, you know, they, they can they can have our leftovers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's no, not, yeah, none. I don't know any other independent company that's got Rogers Arena on their list, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about that. So, so definitely, definitely sign up to the socials, follow the socials, because we're going to be doing little talent drops of who's going to be performing on that show. And there's going to be some pretty wild 
you know, so people are going to be very excited at some of the talent. That's awesome. Job. Thank you so much for your time. I know we, uh, you got a lot going on. Um, this was fun. And I'll definitely have you back on on just the regular weekly show, the TWC show. If you want yeah. to promote something, just hop on for like 10, 15 minutes, do your thing. Yeah, um, brother, I know. Absolutely. You know, we, we, yeah, this is like the, the interview show, but the regular weekly show, we're just always just shooting the shit about whatever. So it'll be fun yeah. to come on there and just talk. But um, I want to put a spotlight on WrestleCore and the wrestling here in oh. Vancouver. And I love that even talking to you, I love realizing now it's like I'm even more intrigued to come to Evie's show because now I feel like they're all different. It's not like, oh, I went to this wrestling show. I don't need to go to that one. Like every single one of you guys are like presenting something different. Like this is this is the yeah, best. It's, it's really, you can't, miss, you can't miss a single one right now. You know Yeah, I mean? yeah no, for sure. I really like. Yeah, so it's insane. Thank you so much. Thank Keep you. doing the thing, everybody. Make sure you check out WrestleCore. Um, if you're just vacationing in Vancouver, you're coming through, or you're in Seattle and you want to come up, you're on the island and you want to come through, um, there's a lot of wrestling in Vancouver right now. Pacific Northwest is doing its thing to bring wrestling back to the city and doing it in clearly different ways. Um, and we'll see you all later. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. Out. Uh. <laughs> all right, thanks, brother. Right. It's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>